Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to CWTG. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Chilling with Teddy G. Today's story, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be going live on the uh, BlackBossChannel.com, which is Dr. Uh, Boyce Watkins, and he has a guest on there, and the subject is going to be the uh, public butt-breaking of Mr. Nick Cannon, as well as other black celebrities. So we're going to get right into this. As soon as I do my uh, dirty laundry, you know how I have to keep it clean at the uh, studios of Chilling with Teddy G with the uh, Copyright Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. All right, now that we got that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we're going to be attending one of our affiliates, which is uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, he's uh, broadcasting live right now, and we're going to get right into that. He, he says that uh, if you like Dr. Boyce Watkins to shout out uh, your uh, Black-owned business on this podcast, just follow the uh, Black Business School on Instagram and the Real Black Business School. And he gives some links to where he you can also follow him, which I will post those links or tell you about those links at the end of the show. But let's get right into uh, this very important episode of the public buck breaking of black men. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Now, let's talk about Nick Cannon. And um, Nick Cannon's uh, very, very interesting, almost borderline peculiar behavior as of late uh, as a result of some of the controversy that Nick has experienced. Uh, Nick has uh, has has been flip, has flip-flopped more than Alicia's pancakes. And uh, he's been kind of going back and forth and saying things that don't make a lot of sense to me and and uh, and I'm gonna tell you what I I don't I'm not gonna say this for sure, but uh, I kind of wonder if Nick is a little bit afraid. If if somebody has told Nick Cannon be afraid, be very afraid, and you better always act afraid, or we're gonna make you afraid. Um, so so let let's start from the beginning. Uh, and and I want to start also by just saying that my goal is not to disparage Nick Cannon. I, I think Nick is a good guy. It seems like Nick is trying to do the right thing. I don't know him personally. I've never met Nick Cannon, but but uh, he's trying. He's trying. And, uh, and and one of the things that's interesting in terms of my observation of Nick as of late and what drove me to have this conversation is that I've seen an evolution in not just Nick's rhetoric, but also in the results of his of, of his rhetoric. Uh, if you saw this week and I'm going to pull the headline here, this is from USA Today, and I'm going to share the headline uh, with you guys uh, on the screen. Uh, Nick, uh, you know, a- after. Many, 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 many uh, what appear to be public apologies and reconciliations with uh, a certain community that shall remain nameless because they like to ban people's YouTube channels and stuff. So I'm not going to say it uh, <laughs> so much for freedom of speech. Nick uh, was recently rewarded 
uh, with his show Wild and Out. They gave him his show back. So Nick has uh, Nick is going to have a show again. He's going to get to go tell more jokes and and be funny. And um, and he had to kind of work his way back into the favor of of the powers that be uh, who shall remain nameless because they like to ban people's YouTube channels. Because if you just even mention the fact that they have power, they 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 ban you because you're not supposed to say that you're supposed to pretend like the powerful people have no power. So they show you how powerless they are by banning your YouTube channel and 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 basically hanging Negroes out to dry. So I'm not going to say anybody's names, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I'm sure y'all know what you're talking about, because uh, whenever they go to screaming to YouTube or if YouTube fact checkers are out there and they see you're saying something or mentioning somebody's name or talking about a particular product like the uh, like the vaccine, uh, uh, you know, when you talk about these inoculations and and not taking them and the uh, things like that. Oh, yeah, you get uh, you get banned. Your videos get deleted and then you get permanently banned from being able to leave uh any more comments your your platform is is uh destroyed as i've showed y'all already where they done banned some videos of vicky dillard's and well let's just say remove some videos from vicky dillard's and then they uh uh banned them for one week or shut them down for a week or so and then they did the same thing to the Queen Amadai Shakur, which they finally permanently banned her on one of her platforms. She still has other platforms, and she started a few more to try to build them up. But yeah, they uh, permanently banned the Queen Amadai Shakur show. So that's the reason why he's telling you that certain names that he's not going to mention because he don't want to risk being permanently banned from YouTube. So, uh, so back to Nick Cannon. So here's one of the things I've observed about Nick. If you go back and you remember the very beginning, uh, Nick got pretty radical. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it reminds me of that saying that some people use where they say everybody want to be black until it's time to be black. You know, everybody want to be black until it's time to be black. Everybody want to be a soldier until it's time to go to war. And uh, and and so Nick does this interview with uh, a pretty, pretty strong brother by the name of Professor Griff. And uh, I'm going to tell you, Professor Griff is not the guy you have a conversation with unless you're ready to really have a conversation. You know, you, he does not play games. He's not there to uh, to say things that are going to make a white supremacist comfortable. He's not there to try to fit in. Uh, Griff is Griff. You know, Griff is a guy that is pretty, pretty direct in his language. And, and, uh, and so... So Nick decides to interview Professor Griff. And I remember when I saw that Nick was interviewing Professor Griff, I kind of thought, hmm, that's interesting. That's a surprise. I didn't expect to see that. And and so Nick is interviewing Professor Griff on his show called Cannon's Class. And they have a really great conversation, you know, two smart black men just chopping it up. And I thought that was great. I, I love that. I love to see intelligent black people getting together. And apparently Nick said, uh, Griff said some things that I guess Nick co-signed on that did not make the powers that be very happy in Hollywood. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't surprised at all because there's almost no way that that black that the truth of blackness can be in the same room with white supremacy without there being a conflict. There's no way that you can actually tell the actual truth about racism and racial history in America and not expect people 
to get angry and upset. I, years ago, I gave a speech. I, I was invited by sometimes this is what used to happen back when I used to give speeches. I really don't like to give speeches anymore. So don't don't invite me to be your campus speaker because I, I ain't going to do nothing but get you fired because I'm going to tell those white people the truth. And so don't don't do it. Please don't you know, don't invite me to your company's Black History Month event. I'm, I'm just going to mess it up. And I ain't out here trying to get black people fired. I, I can't I can't speak slave talk no more. I'm not fit for slavery, so I don't want to get you in trouble. So don't don't call Dr. Boyce. Just check me out on the Internet. I go to drboystv.com. That's all you need. We can meet underground. I do not want to be your Black History Month speaker you know, at, at your corporate function because I will get you fired. So please don't do that. So. So I, I spoke for these. And he's 100% right. And believe me, I am the same way. If any, all my uh, uh, diehard listeners, you know, I tell it like it is. I, I don't sugarcoat it. I ain't had nothing. That's the reason why I don't have a YouTube channel. That's the reason why I, I don't get censored and, and don't have those issues right there. But I don't do public uh, uh, speakings uh, for other individuals now. I'll publicly speak for myself, but I will not take invitations to go and speak at other events because, as he said, I'm simply going to get you in trouble. If I don't get you fired, it's going to come pretty close to uh, doing that. So you have to respect the uh, – and he's a a professor. Please, y'all got to know that. I'm simply a a, a commentator, you know, so – uh, we, we, we're on the two different uh, levels. He's on a much higher level than I am, and he has a much larger audience than me. But I said that to, to represent exactly what he's saying and what he's talking about because I have done some public speaking, and I will continue to do some. But I, I only do it for myself. I don't accept invitations, and I will not allow uh, my voice <clears throat> and my uh, opinion to get a black person fired plain and simple and uh and i guess they uh, you know and, and i was invited in as part of their diversity initiative you know that's the time where they pretend like they actually like black people even though most companies will have diversity statements and they really don't they, they don't really believe none of that stuff they just put it on paper because it you know sounds good so the, the black employees who had checked me out a couple of them saw me online and they said yeah this this professor would be great to bring in now i know finance i know it like the back of my hand i know more about finance than 99.9 percent of all financial experts i've trained financial experts who've gone to wall street and made millions of dollars so i know what i'm talking about so i get up there right and uh, and i'm giving the speech and they asked me to talk about racial economic injustice or something like that something about the racial the economic the history of the racial history of economics or whatever it was so i give this speech and i'm sitting there thinking okay boys don't get nobody fired today Come on, you got it. You got to calm down. You know, don't don't put on your big boy pants. Just kind of keep it cool. You ain't got to go outside the head with a sledgehammer. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm gonna be cool. I don't want to get nobody fired. So I get up there. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And I literally gave the most polite, humble, non-accusatory speech I could come up with about reparations and why black people have had our wealth stolen for hundreds of years, why black people have been cut out of every major economic policy in American history, why black people have gone through something that nobody else in this country has ever gone through, and why we might be owed a little bit of money for that. And and I didn't even say it in a mean way. I didn't say 80% of what I wanted to say. And do you know what happened? I kid you not. Ten white people got up and walked out of the room in the first 10 minutes. 
10 people, literally, just because I had the audacity to give them a drop of honesty about the racial history of this country. And I didn't even say a fraction of what I really wanted to say. So, so, you know, so I learned a long time ago, I learned very quickly that, that, that America really ain't ready for the truth. Yo, white folks, they, they, I know they got the Black Lives Matter movement and all that. And I, and I just ended up getting grumpy. I get so grumpy that some of y'all think I'm a, I've been called everything. A, oh, you're a white supremacist. You're a Trump supporter, boys. You're not down for the cause. No, it's because I know that all this is a bunch of bull crap. I, I saw Black Lives Matter. Oh, that okay. That's an LGBT initiative to dis to dismantle the nuclear family. That ain't got nothing to do with you, black people. What are you talking about? People ain't ready to hear that, so I don't say it. Some of it I just don't say. I say, okay, I get it. I get it. You're doing third grader level blackness, and and maybe some of us are in high school or in college. Some of us can see through it. Some of us are still learning. So I'm gonna let you go through that process. I'm not gonna hurt your feelings. Uh, because sometimes I can hit people over the head and not be trying to do that. So, so, so here's the point. So, so this is my reference point when I see Nick Cannon, who's on shows like America. What's that stupid show, America's Best Singer, or what's that show he's on? He hosts some one of those corny shows. Um, he's the host of uh, uh, what? What is that show? It's, it's a, it America's Got Talent. I, I can't remember. It's a uh, uh, what what is that show? It's it's a, in America's Got Talent. I, I can't remember. It's like I saw a picture of him next to like a a big a guy wearing like a Mickey Mouse costume or something. I don't remember what it was, right? And I know I think Terry Crews has that job now. Somebody tell me what's the name of that show that he was on? Please remind me because I, I can't remember the name. The Mass Singer. The Mass Singer. Yeah, I I have to swear. I swear, God, I have not seen one episode of The Mass Singer. Doesn't mean I, I'm not making fun of you if you watch it. I'm not dissing. I'm just saying. You know, I I, uh, I I just I just haven't I just I got better things to do. So so Nick Cannon, who was hosting shows like The Mass Singer, is is now trying to have a very serious racial conversation with Professor Grip. So what I saw in that conversation was I saw a guy who's really trying to find himself. And I think that there should be room. You know, you wear costumes like this. This is not the cost. This is not what this is not how you show up ready for the you know, to, to fight for racial justice. This ain't, this ain't, this is not, this is, this is, they, they, they started this on the plantation. This is some, uh, I don't know what this is, but this ain't, this ain't it. Okay. So, but it's fine. Like go make your money, like go be in Hollywood, go be, you know, go do that. Right. That's good for you. Good for you. Um, but then the problem is that when it comes to blackness and you're finding your blackness, some, there have been many cases of celebrities who, for lack of a better phrase, have conversations publicly that are above their pay grade. Uh, they you know, they, they, they want to be black because it's cool. They want to be black because it's trendy. Their white bosses have gained a tolerance for allowing them to wear their dashikis and afros and wear their natural hair to work. So they so they really start feeling like extra black. So they really start feeling like, like okay, I'm part of the struggle now, right? And, and because they're famous and because they're like big shots and stuff they're they're the alphas they, they they're used to this idea that they're supposed to be at the front of the line and and it, well, why is that well because i have you know because you, because you know you, if you're a celebrity you have 10 million instagram followers well of course you're supposed to be at the front of the line or 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 your voice is naturally amplified the problem though is that sometimes they're just not ready for battle they're not they're not about that life. They're not really ready to strip it all down and lose it all for what they believe in. And 
And, and, and so when I saw Nick trying to interview Professor Griff, I said, you know, you kind of went from level zero to level 10 with that interview. You probably should have started off with something a little bit softer and more digestible to your bosses, because not only is Griff going to tell you the truth about race in America, he's going to tell you about that group of people that shall remain nameless who likes to go around banning people's YouTube channels because you mentioned their names. I'm not going to say their names, but y'all know who I'm talking about. So, so Griff uh, takes it there. And again, because they're, they're vibing, they're flowing. And because Griff is probably speaking a great element of truth in this conversation, Cannon is in, in agreement with that. Well, I mean, that's fine. If, if you a black man who don't need your job, you know, if you if you don't care if the mass singer is going to fire you and not let you stand next to the guy dressed like a frog anymore, then then that's then that's okay. If you if you don't ever need to do another episode of Wildin' Out because you got a hundred million dollars in the bank and you just don't give a fuck, then then great, go for it, dude. Like that's awesome, man. Welcome to the party, bro. Like seriously. But if you're not ready, then you don't need to act like you're ready because there's going to be consequences that will come a knocking for that type of conversation. So, so Nick, similar to Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg went through the same thing where people get carried away. They jump to the front of the line. And then next thing they find out they're not equipped for battle. It's, it's no different from having a war. I watch a lot of war documentaries. War documentaries are very interesting to me because it teaches me about strategy. It teaches me about survival. It teaches me about the absolute worst that human beings can do to each other. And, and it teaches me about the necessity of being willing to fight and die for your freedom, because if you're not able to fight and die for your freedom and also be very strategic in protecting that freedom and prepared and intelligent and alert and focused and conscious about defending that freedom, then you will become a slave. They will come and they will take out your whole family. They will destroy everything you love because you're too weak to defend it. Like I like that's why I watched war documentaries. And, 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 and when I see a celebrity and I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not criticizing Nick Cannon when I say this, but this is what I saw when I saw him talking to Griff. And then I saw the backlash and I saw his response to the backlash, which was um, anything but firm, anything but firm. Um, I thought about I imagine the soldier saying, you know, I really want to go to war. I really want to fight. I can't wait to fight. I want to be a Marine. I want to wear the fancy suit. I want to put the you know, have the sword on my side. I want to wear the, the nice military outfit because when I wear the when I wear the soldier's uniform, I'm going to get all the girls. And, and I also want to be a captain or a corporal or, or something. I want to be something important in the military because I'm all about the status, all about the clout. But then they get on that ship and they're in the middle to a battlefield where 30 percent of the people around you are going to die and they get squeamish and say, no, please turn the ship around. I need to go back home. Well, it's too late now. It's too late. You've, you've identified yourself as a person who's ready for battle, which means that you're, you've identified yourself as someone who's willing to put it all on the line. And, 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 it, and the thing about that is no one will necessarily fault you if you don't stand out there and take all those punches. But, but people will have an issue if you make yourself the commander of the platoon and then you chicken out when the heat gets hot. I got a lot of veterans in here. I already know it. If you're a veteran, shout yourselves out because I'm going to tell you the truth. I respect all veterans. Anybody who's ever served the country in military, I respect you and I give the middle finger to anybody who does not. And the reason I do that is partly because my daddy was a soldier. He fought in Vietnam and also because most people I know are not willing to put their lives on the line for anything. Most, A lot of people I know are scared. They won't even put their job on the line let alone put your life on the line. 
So, so I know that if you look at the history of this world, any group of people that has ever achieved freedom usually had to die for it. Any group of people that has ever defended freedom had to strategize to protect that freedom and also had to die for it. And so when I see black folks that are scared to, to even open their mouths because they don't even they don't want to lose a couple million dollars on their next movie deal. Um, those people are not the those are not the ones who are going to lead us to any sort of freedom, anything that resembles freedom. So so it doesn't mean they can't play a role. You know, if, if there's a battle, you have a lot of jobs you can do. You had the soldiers, you had the commanders, you had the journalists, you had the nurses, you had the people back at home that bought the war bonds, you had the, the you know the people that would cheer for the soldiers when they came home and made sure that they were taken care of in the hospitals. Like you had a lot of jobs. You know, you deliver maybe you deliver food to the soldiers, but but if you're going to be the commander, you have to be the one willing to put it on the line. And so when when I saw Nick having these really hardcore conversations about blackness. And Snoop Dogg, remember when he called Gail King a dog hair bitch? Um, I, I saw I, I saw a little bit of ego there. I saw a little bit of um, guys getting carried away, getting carried away with the hype of it all and the coolness of it all. And 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 when it's not cool anymore, I saw them kind of fold and buckle. I, I saw Snoop. No disrespect to Snoop. I know Snoop is a friend of Ice Cube's, and I and y'all know I love Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Let me just say, from talking to Cube, that is a firm guy. That guy, he, I, his last song, he literally said, fuck your cancel culture because you can't cancel a soldier. I said, there you go. I I get you. I don't, I get that. Right? Yes, I get that as well. But ladies and gentlemen, we have to uh, pause for a uh, commercial break. And then we'll get right back to this very intriguing and necessary conversation that we're having about the uh, butt breaking of uh, Nick Cannon as well as uh, other black figures so i get that right but also remember too ice cube is built differently not just as a person from these guys but also economically he's built differently i don't think i i don't see ice cube as a guy who needs a job i see ice cube as a guy who owns a basketball league um, i don't see a guy ice cube as a guy who's trying to get a part in your movie i see ice cube as a guy who's making the movie there's a difference in those roles. And that's why economic independence is so important when you're talking about fighting for liberation as a black person. It is very difficult. It is going to be almost impossible for you to stand and look the white man eye to eye and really tell him about himself and talk to him, uh, give him some real shit about his bullshit and, and then turn around and beg him for a job. Are you kidding me? I cannot be your equal if I am also your subordinate. I cannot stand taller than you if I am bending down on my knees trying to tickle your balls in hopes that you will give me a job, I cannot, I cannot act like I can compete with you when I'm trying to be a backup singer. I can't, you can't be Beyonce and Solange at the same time. You can't do it. You can't be first place and second place. You can't be alpha and beta at the same time. And a lot of our black males are raised to be betas. They're raised to chase around and hope for this whole, I hope you, I hope it gives me an opportunity. I just want you to give me, can you give me a job? I'm not, I'm not here to job shame, but I am here to say that if you have it inside of you to man up and you feel like this ain't right, like this don't make no sense. The reason that you feel like it doesn't make any sense is because it doesn't, it doesn't. And so when I saw Nick Cannon folding when I saw Nick Cannon apologizing over apologize, I mean, he didn't apologize once. Same thing with Snoop. 
They didn't apologize one time. They apologized like five times. And every time I turn around, I see something with Nick. And no disrespect to you, Nick, man, but this is this is driving me crazy. How come I'm seeing headlines like like the one like that Tiffany had? Did anybody else see that? Well, they were they're forming this alliance. And 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 and, and let me let me see if I can find the. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was literally i mean people were laughing about this about this alliance that they formed uh with the community that shall that shall have to remain nameless because i'm not good because they like to ban youtube channels so let, let me show you and then i see t is here t i'm gonna bring you in i can't turn my video on t but i'm gonna bring you in i'll, I'll have t on video so y'all can look at t he's a better looking man than me anyway um let me see if I can find this. Hold on. Let me see. Is this the screen? Here we go. Check this out. So him and Tiffany Haddish got this alliance. And then I, I see him bringing on his uh, Cadence Clash YouTube channel. He's interviewing, you know, these rabbis and, and all these other people and who, who are literally openly dissing people like Louis Farrakhan. I mean, dissing people like Louis Farrakhan. And, and you're doing nothing about that. That's a, that's, that made me very uncomfortable. And, and it's not a coincidence that shortly thereafter, you saw this headline. And I'm going to show you this. And then, then we're going to bring T in. Here's the next headline I saw right after this alliance was announced with Tiffany Haddish, who's an interest. I have mixed vibes on Tiffany, and I'm going to tell you why in a little bit. But here is uh, here we go. Here's the latest headline I saw. Nick Cannon rejoins Wild and Out as host after getting fired for anti-Semitism. Right. So right after Nick does all these little alliances and has all these little guests that, that are dissing black people right in front of his face and all this other stuff and, and apologizing over and over again, or like apologizing and then re-apologizing and then just apologizing one more time to make sure you heard the first one. You know, then suddenly he gets his job back. And, and that just hurt my feelings. That disappointed me. So I'm going to bring T in. T, here you go, brother. I'll bring you on screen. Uh, I can't turn my video on. I'm having some Wi-Fi issues, so I don't want to lose my connection. How you doing today, T? Hey man, I'm doing excellent, man. I, man, I'm just about as fired as up, fired up as you are on this topic, though. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? I, I I've said I've said a few things, and uh, and I don't I don't mean to be harsh on Nick, but I think it's very important that we have these honest conversations. So honesty is the best policy. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is hand the floor over to you. After I ask everybody real quick, if you could please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. There's my Instagram, the Real Boyce Watkins. In case you want to follow me on Instagram. Uh, we have real conversations there. Uh, I believe in black intelligence and I also believe in honesty and freedom of speech. So uh, if that's your thing, too, then follow me on the gram. Uh, and so, T. Uh, Before he does that, ladies and gentlemen, yes, please follow this station as well and hit that uh, share button and support this station if you can, ladies and gentlemen, so you can continue to get in uh, important uh, stories like this one here you're listening to. So please, if you can give a one-time donation or a monthly donation, it is greatly uh, appreciated. And it keeps the doors of Chilling with Teddy G open so we can continue to be bringing you this very important content. Give, give me your take on what you saw happen with Nick Cannon. Uh, let's start with that key question. Is Nick Cannon butt broken? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He was actually made an example of because um, Nick Cannon, um, he's very iconic. You know, he brings a lot of controversial black people on this show to, to talk about, you know, black empowerment. You know, um, you know, he had Kanye, he had Umar, you know, he had he had a lot of black empowerment people on his channel. But the thing is, is this is the problem with black people working for white people and not having their own. When you talk about black empowerment, you have to talk about black empowerment in the confines of how they allow you to talk about it. Therefore, it's a certain level that you can go to. Yes, okay, fine. You want to talk about white supremacy? 
go ahead. But when you talk about those other white people, which I don't even want to name because they, you know, take people off here on YouTube, then that's a problem. If you notice on Nick Cannon's show. And not just Nick Cannon's show, ladies and gentlemen, but you also got other ones like that. You got your uh your 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 butt broken uh, or or booty bites people as well as like uh um Oprah Winfrey and, and and Gail King and you know they're always constantly bashing male men and they're constantly uh, uh doing this and I'm not saying that they need their uh uh they need jobs and that they don't have money. But there was a time when that was going on in their lives, and that's that was that's what allowed them to reach the statue where they are now. I know Gail King ain't no got no money like no Oprah Winfrey, and as you can see, she's still working. And uh, and and as you see, she's always uh, uh, bashing blacks. I want to say uh, black men, but she will bash black women as well. I'll never forget the incident with when she was trying to bash Kobe Bryant after he was dead and was trying to get the uh, 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 WNBA star, or oh, her name escapes me, but I'm not going to stay on it, yet to get uh, her to uh, bash Kobe Bryant as well. So, and uh, you know what both of them said and did when it came to his, uh, Bill Cosby. So this list goes on and on. And then you seen how they made a, a Snoop Dogg back down. You seen how they made a, a, um, a, a, a Terry, uh, a, a, what's his name? Y'all were just talking about him and whatnot. He was been in some uh, one of the Fridays movies, and now he's hosting uh, America's Got uh, or, or America's Got Talent or whichever one uh, British Got Talent. Ted Cruz, Terry Cruz, uh, he was, he's doing everything he can to keep his job for these, uh, white folks. I mean, he was literally, he literally told that he was, uh, uh, um, groped by, uh, uh, I don't know, one of the Weinsteins or somebody he was trying to get a movie with or had a movie with. But anyway, as you can see by him not publicly uh, denouncing what happened to him and what is happening to other black people, you see now he's got Nick Cannon old job just to put that out there. Um, where he had pro pro progressive riff on there. When they said that white people were, uh, were, were, were not savages and humans, that wasn't the comment that got him in trouble. The comment that got him in trouble was when he said that black people are the real Jews. That's the comment that got in trouble. That's the comment that had him read books on Jewish history. A black man who's done nothing to Jews, who had no participation in the Holocaust. In fact, any African-American, none of us had no participation in the Holocaust. In fact, we were over there fighting in World War II a lot with America against the Nazi Germany. So the fact to make black people into some somehow we're closet anti-Semites is, is frustrating to me because what that does is it stifles real criticism. And and the thing in America, and, and you know, this goes along with the whole cancel culture. Man, we cannot have serious conversations in this country. You know, Farrakhan, if we want to have a serious conversation with the relationship with, let's say, the blacks and the Jews, it can't just go one way. 
where the Jews are victims and then the black people have to do whatever they can to coddle them. When there is history where black people, let's be honest, we don't control our media. We don't control our media. We don't even control our music. Some other race is controlling the music. Some other group is controlling the music. To call that group out, which is a fact, and be labeled anti-Semitic and anti-Semite for doing so, that is intellectual dishonest. And when you censor people like that, what that does is that causes other people to look more into that group and start asking questions. So yeah, um, this is what happened to Nick Cannon. He poked the bear of the wrong group. And they told him, hey, you need to read some books about us. You need to re-educate yourself about our history and then go post on social media in front of your people and educate them about our history. And, and, and Nick Cannon does that. And it's, and it's kind of hard for me to take him serious. You know, I don't even take him serious anymore if he's talking about white supremacy because, man, you just got slapped down like that. So don't act like you're just this big, tough man when you can just get slapped down like that and apologize, and now you are back to talking in the confines of whatever your employer wants you to talk about because you you can't get too black anymore. So so yeah, um, it's 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 very embarrassing what happened to Nick Cannon, and um, I don't know, Doctor Boyce, did you see when P Diddy offered Nick Cannon to come to his platform? Do you, yeah, do you, I, I do remember seeing that. What, what about that? Yeah, and, and that's what and that's what worries me too. Why didn't Nick Cannon take that deal? P Diddy said, "Come over here, Nick Cannon. Come to my platform. It's black owned. You can say whatever you want." To me, it's almost like Nick Cannon got this. Well, the white man's ice is colder, so therefore I'm gonna do whatever I can to get back in his good shoes instead of going to my own people taking my own creative talent to my own people and building within my own community. Instead, I want to use my talent with the other community where they can police it, but at least I'm getting a little bit more money, but I, but I can't really build how I want to. So that to me is problematic. And man, I, I cannot take Nick Cannon seriously anymore because of this action. And even, even Dr. Boyce, black media, they were silent on this. Like nobody came in Nick Cannon's defense. It's it's just it's just insane. And I'm not trying to put no political spin on it, but you know, even it doesn't matter if it was the black left or right. But let's say Nick Cannon says something about white Democrats or something, then you'll see the conservatives in him. Let's say he no, excuse me, you will see the black left in him. Let's say he says something about black conservatives, then you'll see the right hit him. But when he says something about this group. It's just like the meat, the black meat, they were silent, didn't have his back. Why didn't they talk about white supremacy? Why didn't they say this is white supremacy silencing a black man that is that is empowering and speaking up for his people? They said nothing because they are ruled by the exact same people that squashed Nick Cannon. That's mm. why they're not saying anything. That's why there's no articles. It's almost as if they just turn their back when fear. And then we're supposed to take them seriously when they're telling us to, to stand up and fight against white, white supremacy when you could just get smashed that easily and you well, won't say anything out of fear. Go well, ahead. The key, the key idea is that they don't have any, any, any power, nor do they have any courage. And, and, and power and courage are two different things, right? You need courage to use your power. And, uh, and, and I would rather be a courageous person with no power than a powerful person with no courage. 
And uh, and so effectively, exactly. uh, you're right. I mean, part of this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I believe that Nick might not have, you know, taken the Diddy offer because we don't know the details of that offer. Right. But we, we you know, maybe the white man's ice ain't colder, but we know his money's longer. And uh, and so, you know, I don't know how much money you make uh, from stupid shows like uh, The Masked Singer, you know, where you're standing next to people dressed like cartoon characters or whatever that stuff is, which honestly, you know, as, as a 40 some year old black man, I'm, I'm not that's just not the job I want to do. Um, I don't care how much money there is involved. I, I would do that. The only time I would stand in, next to a frog is for is for my kids like for like a birthday surprise or something i would do anything for my kids but but i wouldn't do this to make a living uh because i kind of think that there's something interesting about that and and it's historically degrading remember um if you read books uh like black labor white wealth dr claude anderson actually refers to the fact that black people were handsomely rewarded during slavery if they could make a white man laugh you know or if you defended white people you know, like this is there's a history to this. This is not this is not new. This didn't just happen. I um, mean, actually, uh, I'm going to read a little bit about uh, there's an article written by a lady named Just Annette. That's the, uh, the name she goes by. But this is on Medium and she defines butt breaking. And I'm going to define butt breaking for you all so you can kind of contextualize this and understand why it was so important for them to go after Nick. And I'm, I'm going to throw Snoop Dogg in this category, too, in order to control the rest of you. It wasn't just about those two. It was about everybody else squashing the rebellion through example. So uh, what is butt breaking? Well, according to this article by uh, Justinette, she says, uh, mainly utilized by slave owners in the Caribbean, butt breaking was used against male slaves who were defiant. The process involved the slave owner forcing the enslaved man to lower his pants and bend over a tree stump to ensure that his buttocks were propped up in the air. The enslaved man would then be flogged severely. This would weaken him so that he would not be able to resist the rape that followed. The white slave owner would then proceed to rape the slave several times. This form of punishment was worsened by the fact that it could be done in full view of all the other enslaved people, including the slave's family and friends. And in addition to being sexually violated, The slave would also be publicly humiliated. This public punishment would instill fear in other slaves and thus prevent any rebellion. Enslaved men who were victims of this vile punishment often ran away from plantations or killed themselves as they were unable to deal with the humiliation that they had suffered. It was often too difficult for them to integrate back into society that had watched them being emasculated in front of their wife, children and friends. Buck breaking as a form of punishment grew amongst slave owners in the Caribbean. White men were able to travel from plantation to plantation, raping male slaves. The punishment became so widely implemented that sex farms developed from this practice. These sex farms allowed multiple slave owners to gang rape male slaves as punishment for any supposed wrongdoing they committed. The massive popularity of this practice suggests that buck breaking may have been utilized as an outlet for gay slave owners to act out their sexual desires on men without attracting the stigma associated with being gay. Now that's exactly what I believe right there. Now he hit the nail on the head like that right there, ladies and gentlemen, because we know just as well as it is today, back then in them times, there were plenty of uh, gay slave owners. There were plenty rich white gays 
who even paid. That's where these farms come in at where he, that he's talking about. You know, or they were even in some of the uh, 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 female brothels where they had their uh, butt broken men in there that these uh, rich white individuals could uh, 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 have sex with. So we know that uh, uh, gayness has been around since the biblical era. So this, what he's telling you right now is 100% factual. And it's still going on today, if you can believe that. Rape is a taboo. So, so anyway, there's more to it. She talks more about this. This article is by a sister named Justinette. Uh, I'm not going to keep reading because there's more that she says here. But it sounds to me, T, like, like this butt-breaking thing, this idea of taking the biggest, strongest slave, the, the, the leader, right? It, it, it's, it doesn't matter if you go and you butt-break the, you know, the subordinate or the, the triple beta male. But when you go after the man who claims to be the alpha and you break him down in front of everybody, then that's going to have a broad effect. Like that fear is going to spread like coronavirus. What do you think? Absolutely. No doubt about it in my mind. T, can you hear me? T, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I still frozen? No, not anymore. Go okay. ahead. I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah, no, and I totally agree. And I'm so glad you brought up Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg does have a, 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 a tough persona. Um, you know, he does come off as a guy who, who who goes in on people. I mean, you know, you saw how strong he went on Donald Trump. You know, he even made a video of, of shooting a man in the head and F Donald Trump. But you are so right. When it came to Gail King, you know, and he tried to go after the feminist perspective as far as accusing all men of rape. They are guilty until proven innocent. And he tried to come out and defend Kobe, and they made that man apologize three times. And then he went on Jada Picker's um, red table, you know, apologizing again. Not one time bringing up, you know, it's it's one thing to apologize. If I was going to apologize to Snoop Case, I apologize for calling her a funky bee. Um, you know, I was emotional oh. at the time. But I don't take back the sentiment. She was still wrong for trying to paint Kobe Bryant as a rapist. Exactly. And I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm going to stand hard on that. Exactly. Um, the fact that in, the, the conversation didn't even shift there. It was, it was Snoop Dogg attacking all women. So what that did is that set a precedent for a black man that if you are accused, don't defend, you cannot defend yourself. You know, or or we're going to make an example of you like Snoop Dogg. And even when you look at T.I.'s um, defense video of his accuser, if you notice, he had to keep repeatedly saying women should um, come out and feel comfortable and be heard. And everyone understands that. But the fact he had to keep repeating that because he understands that if he doesn't say that, then it's almost as if he is victim shaming. Like, like he's speaking too hard on a victim. Because me personally, if someone is lying on me, I'm going to come hard against that person. I don't know if I can kind of pad them and then defend myself at the same time and pad them while my career is being destroyed when I know I'm telling the truth and that, person's, that person is being elevated. Not saying T.I. is lying and telling the truth, but it's just the simple fact that he has to keep saying that women need to feel comfortable explaining their story while trying to defend themselves, it, it, it shows that he understands that there is a greater power out there that is going to slam them. And yes, you know, this is what's happening to black men. We, we don't, we, go ahead, I'm sorry. 
Well, I'm saying, well, you know what it does is it really comes back. I mean, I would tell you what the, the, the best decision I ever made in my life was to become an expert on economics and finance because everything comes back to the money. You take the money out of the equation, then all the all the conversations change. Like, you know, remember Kanye West had that song, just wait till I get my money right. Uh, and that's true. You think about this, uh, you know, give me a yes or no in the chat. You know, if you know what I'm saying, a lot of y'all will be having completely different conversations if your money was right. You know, like T.I. got his show canceled. Maybe maybe that played a part in the pressure he felt to respond in a certain way. What if T.I. had a hundred million dollars in the bank and didn't care what anybody thought? You know, what if what if Nick Cannon was, you know, economically independent, owned businesses, you know, was was making plenty of money, knew he'd take an economic hit, but was going to be OK. I don't think he would have had the same conversation if Snoop Dogg wasn't, you know, dependent on his little business deals. Uh, you know, it, it, people, one thing that people don't understand about money is that all money ain't good money. You know, you never get taught that you, you just get taught to sell everything for money. And a lot of people end up selling their soul for money. They teach you money over everything. Well, yeah, you can go pursue money. But if you take an unhealthy money, I mean, you're taking that white money, you're taking money from a white supremacist and you're going to, have to be a white supremacist, too. And how many black people, if you want to know one reason why black people are not progressing, if you can't, the reason you can't fight white supremacy is because many of you ha- are getting your bills paid by white supremacists. How are you going to fight somebody that's paying your damn bills? How in the world do you think you can fight white supremacy when you're begging for a job at a white supremacist corporation after you just attended a white supremacist university, after going through a white supremacist school system and consuming white supremacist media your whole life? That don't even make no damn sense. That's ridiculous. So what you got to do is understand that this whole game is rigged from the jump and it's preparing you. Like I was saying, T, uh, someone, I was telling people, I said, I said they, they ain't planning to give you no reparations for slavery, but they're always going to give you preparations for slavery because you've been getting prepared to be a slave since you were little. They gave you preparations for slavery when they sent you to that public school and those white teachers who taught you how wonderful George Washington was, right? They were giving you preparations for slavery every time you turn on BET, owned by a big white company that's feeding you a bunch of nonsense about what it means to be black. They're giving you preparations for slavery when they when you go to that big white university and you go $100,000 in debt with student loans that you can never repay. They're giving you preparations for slavery when you go begging that white man's business for a job when you need to be creating businesses of your own. So you're being you're getting preparations for slavery, but you can't fight for reparations for slavery when you have been fully indoctrinated in your preparations for slavery. So that's it, period. T, what are your thoughts? I, I totally agree, and I'm so glad you brought up um, Ice Cube because the thing is, because Ice Cube is a self-made man and he owns his own businesses and makes his own money, he, he got nobody to apologize to. You can't pressure him. You can't cancel him. Like, like, who are you going to go to? Who's boss? Who is his boss? Who can you complain to and boycott and pull advertisements from to, to take Ice Cube down? You can't. This is why Ice Cube can t- keep talking and everyone else is just going to sit in the sidelines and bark and call him names. That's all they're going to do is call him names to try to psychologically get us to not listen to Ice Cube. But no, Ice, Ice Cube is a free man. Minister Louis Farrakhan is also a free man. That's why he doesn't have to apologize to nobody. And they don't like black men like that. That's why, you know, Farrakhan is banned on social media. He will never get an interview on television. Yet these same people say that they love black people. They want to elevate black people. But then our black leaders who really have our back and who are free is not allowed to get on the media and talk to our people. They have to be 
censored like Donald Trump. It's like basically they can't, they have no access to, to speak to the people. And, and, you know, Trump is not black, but I bring Trump into this too. Trump had his own money. That's why he could say whatever he want in the election campaign, do whatever he wanted, be as brash as he want, because you can't destroy you. He's, he's his own boss. You can't destroy him. And this is what black people have to, have to understand. And let me ask you this, um, Dr. Boyce Watkins, and get your opinion on this. Um, if you notice black media, let's say like BET, they get offered, like say, say for example, Viacom to buy out their company. And then once they buy out BET, they, they put their own black installed CEO on there. And then they tell that black person what to say to their own people. And the funny thing is, is would you ever see a Hispanic publication or a Jewish publication, whatever, sit there and sell their propaganda or their news network, their means to talk to their own community to a black person? I have yeah. never seen that. They will not do that because they understand that this is how we communicate with our people. This is the propaganda. This is how you socially control them. Therefore, we cannot sell to you. You never see that, but it just seems like with Black, the Rue, you know, um, um, TV One, all these organizations, they some high power white person con con controls it, so they have to talk in the confines of whatever they say, and it just kind of just nullifies what Black people need, and that's the problem. We 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 have to stop doing that. Well, you know what what it, what it is now. Since he said that, he's absolutely right about that, and then that's been happening, ladies and gentlemen, for a long time. Just because he. He talked about our TV one and he talked about BET, but the same thing was going on, ladies and gentlemen, when we had uh, uh, other uh, uh, publications. We had the uh, uh, Ebony Magazine, got bought out by a white corporation. We had um, Jet Magazine, got bought out by a, uh, a black corporation, you know. And we can even say the same thing about our Uncle Roro, even though he had his own or whatever and whatnot, and maybe still have his own. But he's catering and he's playing to these uh, um, these uh, uh, vicious white doubles. You know, if you watch him and you listen to him closely on there, he really doesn't defend um, black people the way he keep he keep uh, claiming. You know, uh, 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 bring the funk or whatever it is that he got. It. No, uh, uh, I ain't buying it. I believe that he's he's bought. And you, let's not forget the fact that remember when he, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton was running for office and uh, he was going to have her on the show, he leaked the uh, questions that he was going to be asking to Hillary Clinton. He, oh, he's another one. These people, they get bought out or they get butt broken and uh, they become bootlicks and they become butter biscuits and, and, and they start uh, tiptoeing and dancing around in doggone tulips. That's, that's the uh, gist of it. Cause I can remember the uh, these magazines and, and and they used to be in our houses and then I started hearing about these uh, 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 white corporate uh, uh, companies that bought them out. Is that um, you know we we really admire white people like we really do like we really you know we really are white supremacists like we we really think that to to be a white supremacist you have to be white and that's not true white supremacy doesn't really work if if only white people do it. You know, then it becomes just like a like a football game. You know, the Super Bowl, you know, when the Super Bowl happens, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably believe that they're superior to the Kansas City Chiefs 
But the Chiefs <laughs> haven't bought into that. So they might prove, you know, they, they might go out and say, we want to prove you wrong. You know, so uh, this idea of, of white supremacy works in America because not because white people have bought into it, but because black people have bought into it. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure at least five times a day I run into a white man who thinks he's better than me. But do you think I care? No. Do, do I stop and say, how dare you? Like, uh, wait, what? I'm not going to let you leave until you tell me I'm a wonderful person. Like, no, I, I don't I don't give a shit. You know, and, and so it's kind of so. So the fact that you have millions of black people that will stop everything that we're doing, you know, stop in our tracks and give all of our attention, all of our attention to the people who hate us the most. You know, <coughs> excuse me. And, and uh, we're not the only one. I, I noticed that the uh, Hispanics do the very same thing as well. They, they've bought into this uh, false narrative, uh, too, and they bought into this uh, white supremacist uh, uh, validation that you seem to think. Look at the Young Turks. Young Turks had a, a, a successful uh, YouTube channel. And uh, not to say that they don't, but they sold it and, or got... Um, got the uh, uh, um, sponsorship from uh, certain individuals and now you notice their content has uh, has changed and they're doing the same old thing that uh, Roland Martin is doing they're claiming that they're, they're these uh, activists and that they're for the black people or in these cases for the Hispanic people no uh-uh they they were at one time when they were independent but now this they're uh, uh, doing the same thing. Uh, uh, as uh, y'all talking about with the uh, uh, black folks, it's happening. It, it, that right there is is a huge flaw. I mean, it, you know, in cryptocurrency, there's a coin called the basic attention token, and that this coin literally is valued based on how much attention you give to certain things, certain ads or whatever. Right? That's literally the currency. Is attention is a currency. So when you're giving. The white supremacists, all your attention, like you're sitting around here, you ain't getting nothing done because you're so concerned that the Proud Boys going to come and kill everybody in your family, even though they ain't killed nobody that, that I know of. Uh, then, then guess what? You're giving them currency. And then, so you wonder why white people are rich is because you're giving them all the currency. You're giving them all the you're giving them your wealth. You're exactly. giving them all your money. You're giving them all your attention. Exactly. You're giving them all your your best ideas. You're giving them your best, uh, your, your smartest employees. You, you, you're donating. You donate to white supremacy more than you give to the United Negro College Fund. Like <laughs> Y'all, all of us. Wow. And, and the thing is, it's such a rope-a-dope that you don't even know that it's happening because your preparations for slavery have been so deep. They didn't start doing this last week. They didn't start this in 1972. They started this 400 years ago. So you ain't nothing but the latest chapter in a very, very bad book. T, I, I let you speak. You know what? I, I want to comment on that because you made a great point as far as, um, you know, if a white person, let's say a white person from a rural town in Texas says the N-word and it's caught on video, that can rise up the entire African-American base for us to come at them, fire them, get, get them to apologize. And, and see, this is the problem right here. Because most of our media, the propaganda that shapes and molds black people is in, in disguised as black media networks, but it's not, is controlled by white people. I think they have an interest of having us hyper-focus on them slow, solely, hyper-focus on how they think about us. Because, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you read The Root, The Essence, or any of these black media publications. It's just hyper-focus on what 
white people think. And that, in essence, takes us away from black economics, takes us away from coming together, building institutions, takes the black man and woman away from having good conversations or beneficial conversations on restoring the family structure. Instead, we are too focused on what white people are doing and how they change their minds to love us. That is a problem. We are not focusing on ourselves. We're not coming together. It's crazy. The only time you get this type of conversation is if you come to independent black media networks like yours. Then you can say whatever you want and you talk about issues that is missing from the black community. You will have a black liberal, a black independent, and a black conservative all sit down in one table, at one table, and discuss how can we all come together to help the black community. You don't see that in black media outlets. You see if it's if it's a black conservative media outlet, they're going to say, hate all the black liberals. If it's a black liberal conservative outlet, they're going to say, hate all the black conservatives. And they never come together. They're just fighting each other. And this is the problem. Black people have to start owning their own media, owning their own businesses, so they can talk about the important issues affecting their community without white people saying, no, 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 you can't talk about that. And if you do, you got to read a bunch of books like Nick Cannon, write essays about what you learned, <laughs> and then they'll think about giving you your job back, which is ridiculous. Like, what are you, a child? Seriously. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're going to stop right here for a commercial break, and then we'll get right back to this very important episode on the Chilling with Teddy G that is being, that's coming to us from uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins uh, and the uh, BlackBossChannel.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right back into uh, this deep conversation and uh, continue this episode. <laughs> yeah, they had him looking like Bart Simpson in, in the in the classroom. You know what they had Bart? Finish Bart and made him write the same word on the on the uh, on the um, on the chalkboard over and over again. Yeah, it, it was very strange. Like this, like we're like almost like um when you have a oppressed group of people, uh, a lot of times the the group in power will have what they call re-education camps, which are really just you know halls of propaganda. That's where they force you to accept their ideology. Uh, that's what the communists do. Uh, that's what they did after the Vietnam War, you know, things like that. that's what they do uh, still to this day in North Korea and places like that. And basically what we have to kind of understand is that to some extent, black people have been born in a big concentration camp, a big re-education camp. You know, we, we don't control uh, the school system, which right there, that's why black people should be educating our own kids. Or if, if we took over, if we just did a revolution in the school system, and the education system, meaning leave the school system altogether, educate your own kids, and then also create an army, like a, literally a million children that are just fully prepared to build their own businesses in the next generation. That would do a lot to alleviate white supremacy. That would that would actually put black people in a position to actually be competitive. And I want to share something with you, uh, T. Uh, if everybody could hit the thumbs up button, share button, and subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. I'm speaking with Mr. Uh, Tariq Kalik, and we're talking. We started off talking about Nick Cannon, but really I want to bring this back to you because this is not a Nick Cannon bashing fest. We're not here to make the brother feel bad. Uh, I'm sure he's trying to make amends, and I wish him well in that endeavor. Uh, I have not yet been satisfied by what I have seen, but that does not mean he's unredeemable. I do not consider him to be an enemy of the black community. But I'm going to share this on my screen, and uh, and I know it might be kind of small for some of you, but I'm going uh, I'm going to read it to you. And this is from Dr. Claude Anderson's book, Black Labor, White Wealth, which his books are all on powernomics.com. And uh, he talks about how black, how whites 
conditioned blacks that they enslaved. So you have on the left what the goal was. On the right, you have the technique that was used to achieve the goal. Remember, this did not start yesterday. These conditioning processes are not coincidental. They're not by accident. They wouldn't be doing this if Nick Cannon were a white guy. Um, so the goal, the goals of blacks were, sorry, the goals, uh, blacks were to be taught discipline. And so the technique was endless, hard, tedious, dirty labor. That's where you get that whole thing where we love to work hard and we love to work hard for other people. We brag about how hard we work for other people. We never brag about how hard we work for ourselves. Be, to be inferior to whites, never see any black people with any real power. Uh, anybody, any black people that have power are typically black people that are appointed to simply pursue an agenda that's been given to them by somebody else. Uh, know their place. They, they created the color line and Jim Crow uh, to be backward and childlike. This is where Nick Cannon fits in. Backward and childlike, where we take the man, make him into a little boy. It's a planned ignorance and humiliation. So that's why your favorite rappers love to rap about how stupid they are. They, they brag about being ignorant. They brag about the fact that they can't spell their mama's name. And that's something that other black males want to emulate when any real man knows that you can't hardly be a real man if you're a stupid man. So, ladies, when you pick a man, pick a real man. Don't pick a stupid man because stupid men get screwed. Stupid men can't win. Stupid men get duped. Stupid men get played. Stupid men turn into slaves. So you, you, you get you might have you a handsome man who's a stupid man, but you right might be marrying a super slave. So don't don't pick the super slaves. Pick the real men. So uh, planned ignorance and humiliation. They'll humiliate you to reduce you from a man to a child. That's unfortunately what I saw happening with Nick and Snoop. Uh, be fearful of the master. Physical and psychological deprivation. So they deprive you, make you feel pain, rewards and punishments. They train you like Pavlo's dog. It's a famous dog in psychology that they trained to salivate whenever the food came in the room. They, they, they deprive you to keep you in fear. And you saw even during the election, there was a lot of uh, a lot of fear mongering to get black people to do certain things because they know how you react when you're afraid. Uh, place the master above himself. Denial of humanity and hope. Surrender totally. Religious humility and hopelessness. So if you listen to a lot of these Negro spirituals, like, oh, Lord Jesus, like a lot of these things, a lot of these songs, and I'm not making fun of anybody that goes to church. Some of you go to church and are very empowered people, so I'm not here to make fun of you. But if you listen carefully to the lyrics of a lot of the uh, traditional Negro spirituals, and I, I dare even throw in a song like Lift Every Voice and Sing. I'm not dissing the song, but I want you to one day go listen to the lyrics of the song. The song is built on a type of religious humility and, and, and well, it's not quite hopeless, but it's not really built on any sort of masculine aggression or any sort of um, of ambition. It's built on sort of this idea that we've been you know, the, we've been hit by the bloody rod. We're all bleeding. We're all dying. We're all getting our ass kicked. But we are we, we have hope because Jesus is going to one day make us better. And that's very different from having a proactive mindset where you actually see your own ability to empower your way out of the situation that you're in. Um, see whites as superiors, master's reward and punishment system. Uh, that's that's all over the place. Uh, when you behave, you get paid well. You know, the, the, Some of your black leaders, most prominent black people on TV are really the best white supremacists. That's why they get paid so well. So they, but And if they fall out of that role, as Nick did, then they take away money. So they have rewards and punishments based on your behavior. Also to be totally dependent, impoverishment, Marginal existence. So this is one thing I will put on the back of, of, of both the Democrat and Republican parties, uh, because, you know, a lot of these politicians that you're voting for, they actually reside over ashes. The communities that they supposedly represent are falling apart. Kids are dying. 
No, the no resources are there. So they keep you impoverished, but then they'll turn around and say, well, vote for me because I'm your only hope. So you keep them totally dependent by keeping them impoverished. If they give you the empowerment of actually letting you have resources to make your own decisions and engage in self-determination, then guess what? They lose power because you don't need them anymore. And then the last part is I'll uh, be racially divided. That's destruction of the family and all racial unity. So if you recall, when Ice Cube stood up and said he made a basic statement, he said, I want something good for black people. That's it. That's all he said. Why is it that the majority of the people attacking him were black people? You cannot explain that. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And then this destruction of the family, that goes back to Joe Biden's crime bill. And it also uh, is continued by the agenda of the Black Lives Matter organization, unfortunately, which is teaching you that you, you can kind of have a family as long as there's two mommies or two daddies. But that black man in the house, that heterosexual black male, he's worthless because he's filled with toxic masculinity. So, T, uh, what say you? No, I, I totally agree with that whole list, and, and that's what's happening to us on a regular basis. And, you know, nature is not, nature is very cruel. You know, the, if you notice, the weakest animals will go extinct if they don't defend themselves. So for black people to be in the same situation 50 plus years shows that it's not going to change if our mindset don't change. If we keep allowing these same tactics to happen to us and we keep behaving predictably, 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 we're going to be talking about the same thing for the next 50 years. Like you said before, the fact that Malcolm X has warned the black community, especially about politics, especially about putting our vote in one party or another and getting nothing out of it. And we're still having this exact same conversation in year 2021 shows that we are stagnant. At this point, this is managed ignorance. And to me, I blame, I put a lot of blame on the mainstream media because what they're doing is they're hiring African-Americans that we don't know of, that, that hasn't been vetted from the black community, but it's talking on behalf of the black community. Like Sonny Hostin on The View. How can she, on behalf of the black community, tell Van Jones that you made a lot of people in the black community distrust you for working with Donald Trump? How, how can she say that? Like, where, where are your credentials? You don't speak for me. You don't speak for me. I have no problem with Van Jones working with whoever's president to benefit black people. Like, what does she want? Van Jones to sit down and complain like you, Sonny Hostin, for four years until you get a Democrat. But then when you get a Democrat, you sit back, relax, eat popcorn and do nothing while the same black people rot in jail. What about the Obama administration? Why do you put pressure? Like, it just it just makes no sense. These are stagnant things that keep black people stagnant. And then what's also interesting, Anna Navarro, she's not even black on The View. She is Puerto Rican. How can she go to Van Jones, a black man, and say, why would you take a picture with Candace Owens? And, and it's just like, <laughs> you're not even a part of our community. If I was Van Jones, I would say, wait a minute, I can take a picture with any black person I very well choose, please. You don't have a right to tell me. You can't select a black person that's outside, or you can't be from outside of our community selecting black people that I can talk to, that I can work with. That doesn't make any sense. I can't do that to your community. So when you see that, and then we see other racial groups, whatever the race is, 
jumping on black people like this. You can't deal with this black person. You can't deal with this this person at all. You have to fit in this narrow mindset. This is why we don't expand. And we have to change our mindset. And one of the first things is subscribing to this channel, recommending this channel, share it. it. It is designed to challenge people's minds. This is why Malcolm X grew to where he was. His intellect challenged your mind. He wasn't about protesting. It was about building communities, black people coming together economically, owning their own. And this is why they didn't like Malcolm X. This is why there wasn't some large white liberal group or even white conservative group coming after, giving Malcolm X or, or the Nation of Islam a lot of money because they didn't like that independent mindset. That means you cannot be controlled. Yeah, and you- Exactly. Exactly. What I would say is um, also, you know, T, I, I, you know, to your point, you mentioned um, with Sonny Hostin and Van Jones and and I, I don't even I mean, I probably disagree with at least 60 percent of the things I hear Van say. But uh, but I defend his right to be free. And I and I do learn from his perspective, even if I disagree. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a way. One, one thing I think that black men have to really claim and own and the women who love us and, and, and you know, and, and can claim in their own way as well is uh, is really what um, I, I would define as masculine leadership and masculine leadership kind of just says, yeah, you can keep screaming and hollering and be mad, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you're going to be upset. But, oh, well, th- then you you work through that. You figure that out. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I think that maybe a good reaction to um, a Sonny Hostin uh, or whomever is to say, well, I understand why you would feel that way. Um, but that's what I chose to do because I'm a free American. I have a right to do what I want and you have a right to do what you want. And that's what it is. Right. And and I think that for black people, that's one of the things I think um, can help us to obtain our freedom without necessarily allowing ourselves to be um, just kind of feeling overwhelmed by the, by two things end up pissing us off. One is the resistance we get from white people who are serving their own agenda, which is pretty much what human beings do. Most normal human beings do that, except for super slaves. <laughs> we're, we're pretty extraordinary. We, we love serving other people's agenda. Like we get out there, we do the whole Stacey Abrams. <laughs> I, I saved it, the Democratic Party, master. I saved the master, right? And, uh, and you know, and, and, and that's something that's not, not even human or normal or natural. Um, you know, it's nothing wrong with being a Democrat. I, I think it's fine. Like we talk about a Stacey Abrams, like, I mean, God bless you for being a smart black lady. But I, I think that the question I always ask is, what does that have to do with us? You know, like if you go to Burger King and you're the like employee of the month, uh, you know, and they give you extra burgers because you did such a good job behind the counter. Um, if you ain't that, that if you ain't sharing some of that Burger King money, or if they didn't give you something that you can actually bring home to the family, then I don't really give a shit. I'm I'm really wondering, you know, what was in it for you, and what makes you feel like somehow being Burger King Employee of the Month is the same as actually making a contribution to the black community. So when I see black people who maybe saved the Democratic Party, here we are saving y'all again for what? I mean, you're bragging about the fact that you might be a sucker. Like you're bragging about the fact that you are letting somebody use you. What what pride comes from that? And uh, and, and it's not to really. And, and when I say it, I know people think that I'm dissing Stacey Abrams. I don't really care. They, you know, I really hope Stacey gets the Nobel Prize. I really hope and pray that she gets the Nobel Prize because the Nobel Prize literally means about as much to me as a pile of like frozen shit. 
Like literally, it means nothing to me. That is an award that they created that somehow they convinced you that it's important. And sometimes some of y'all think it's a big deal because you've always wanted them to like you and to accept you. I'm I'm past that point. And I think if we get if we all get past that point and just focus on us, turn inward. Right. Uh, focus on us. Let, let Stacey go get her Nobel Prize. Let her get a thousand of them and focus on us. I think that's a good way for us to win. Uh, what do you think, T? No, and I totally agree. And you got to think about it. Um, you know, when humans go out and they catch animals and put them in the zoo, um, you know, they and they train them for a circus or something. And they give them small treats and they, you know, they pat the animal on the back and the animal gets happy and eating treats. But what the animal doesn't understand is you're still in cage. You've been taken out of your natural habitat for our entertainment, for our use, for us to make money off of you. So- exactly. And let me uh, break that down. What that is, is conditioning. And you got a lot of Negroes out here who have been conditioned like Safri Abrams and the other individuals that they're talking about. They, you know, the, the, he, he explained it so well using this uh, 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 animal um, theory. You know, this is, that's exactly what's going on. You've got these Democrats and you, who, who've done absolutely nothing for black people in, in, in the history. But yet you are conditioned to vote for them. You are conditioned to rally for them. You are conditioned to accept the fact that they will not do anything for you. You just want them in office. But they ain't going to do nothing. They haven't done nothing. They haven't accomplished one thing. But yet these are who y'all go out there and vote for and then got the... uh, audacity and the nerve to go out there dancing in the streets when they win. Like y'all didn't actually accomplish something. Now you just watch what happened with these next uh, um, four years with your Democratic uh, uh, Party in office. I can tell you right now, ain't nothing gonna happen. You ain't gonna see nothing getting fixed with this uh, unfair judicial system and uh, you ain't gonna see nothing happening with the uh, unfair uh Financial practices with the uh, uh, banks, you know, when it comes to you trying to get loans for cars and houses or, 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 or you know, maybe for your uh, your business you want to start up, you ain't going to see none of that happen. You ain't going to see nothing happen with this uh, 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 police brutality and these killing of these uh, uh, black men, women, and children. You watch and see what I tell you. You ain't going to see a change. But yet y'all gonna be sitting down here high toasting to them and dancing in the streets and 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 and, and celebrating these uh uh butt broken individuals that uh <clears throat> like Nick Cannon. You know, but y'all won't give uh 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 Ice Cube the time of the day, somebody who actually wants something done for black America. From somebody who actually wants uh, uh, um, uh, uh, his people to come ahead. Y'all gonna sit down there and continue to badmouth him talking about he he was working with uh, 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 President 45, which was totally untrue. But I'm not gonna even get into that. We're just gonna see what's gonna happen with this meeting that he's supposedly supposed to have with uh, 
uh, Joe Biden and see what happens and, and where it goes. Uh, we're going to continue part two of this uh, on the uh, next episode of Chilling with Teddy G. I want to thank y'all so much for tuning in to this broadcast. Uh, so, and, and please uh, stay tuned for this next episode, uh, 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 part two of uh, the public uh, buck breaking of Nick Cannon. Uh, as I always tell y'all at the end of every show, please continue to do your social distancing. Uh, please continue to wear your outer gear. Please continue to take care of your immune, <clears throat> excuse me, your immune system, the number one defense, ladies and gentlemen, against this and any other virus out here. A healthy and a strong immune system, ladies and gentlemen, will keep this virus at bay. Or in the event that you test positive, you will be able to get rid of it to little to no medication whatsoever. So I ask y'all to uh, eat your proper meals and uh, consume your proper vitamins and uh, eat your proper vegetables and your fruits and your nuts and your berries and your seeds and your onions and your garlic and your lemons. And don't forget the G-bombs. The number one thing that your body needs, especially your immune system, to keep it healthy and strong. So... With that being said, until I see you guys on my very next episode, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.